As artificial intelligence becomes more integrated in successful marketing strategies, we're seeing many companies adopt an array of technologies to help them better serve the right people and understand their brand perceptions. On this episode of AI Plus Design, we'll be talking about using AI to influence design and marketing decisions, specifically through computer vision technology. From VSA Partners, this is AI Plus Design, a podcast about the merging relationship of artificial intelligence and design. I'm Scott, Interaction Design Lead at VSA Partners. We're sitting here today with Ben Plomian, CMO of GumGum, to get his take on this territory. Ben and his team at GumGum have designed a computer vision platform that allows AI to maximize the value of a brand's visual content across platforms, from advertising to sports sponsorships and social media. Welcome, Ben. Thanks for having me, Scott, and uh, welcome to Santa Monica. Can you tell us a little bit about GumGum? Sure. So um, we like to describe GumGum as a artificial intelligence company with a focus on computer vision. In other words, we teach machines to see the same way human beings do, and machines help us solve complex problems across a variety of industries. Some of you may not be familiar with computer vision, so computer vision is the ability for machines to translate images into pixels and then interpret those pixels and um, get the bigger picture around what they mean. Computer vision has been around for quite some time, and computer vision can help you detect scenes, celebrities, uh, brand logos, uh, even the color of your skin, hair, make models of the cars, etc., etc., etc. A good example I think uh, a lot of people will understand very quickly is uh, Tesla. So if you think about Tesla, Tesla uses computer vision in their car to detect um, construction areas and classify the obstacles in different categories to help Tesla autopilot uh, navigate around them. Back to GumGum, what we do is something similar. Uh, in fact, we have been doing computer vision before computer vision was sexy, and we use computer vision to extract value from images and videos. We've been doing this since 2008, and we have gotten pretty good at it. We started off here in Santa Monica, California, about 10 years ago, and uh, we known for invented a new ad format called in-image advertising. What in-image advertising does is to scan premium websites for images. In fact, we process more than 500 million images on a given month, understand what those images are about, and place a contextually relevant ad next to those visual content. We work with 70% of the Fortune 500 brands in the US, anyone from Disney to uh, Sprint or uh, Clorox. We have 16 offices on four continents, and that's it. That's Gangam in a nutshell. Well, it's it's really fascinating, and the growth of it is of Gumbagam in particular, but also just the computer vision industry is is pretty amazing. You described some of the clients, but why have you been building the services? What's the need that that kind of has been has arisen with some of these clients and the ask that they've been trying to determine? Yeah, I think that need is the fundamental need is if you think about how the world around us is evolving. I'll give you one competing stat, uh, which is by 2022, the number of embedded cameras, so cameras you have on your car, cell phone, fridges, and more applications, is going to triple. 
the world is just not equipped to process that sheer volume of data. Um, and by the way, most of these images will never be seen by the human's eye. It will be processed by machines. And this is where computer vision can help, understanding what those images are about and deriving value for those images on behalf of you know, a variety of uh, stakeholders. You know, in the marketing world, what we're seeing is uh, the web is becoming more visual, mostly because you have a combination of more mobile devices. You have a combination of people taking more pictures than ever and posting them on social media, which is user-generated content. And at Gungam, what we help marketers do, uh, our client, is to make sense of the images and derive some value. There are three ways we're doing this today. The first way is uh, what I described earlier, where we place relevant advertising next to visual content that people are actively engaged on. Mm -hmm. So for example, you might be looking at a picture of a celebrity on people.com, and we may place an ad you know, um, next to the celebrity for, uh, let's say, a hair coloring product, for example, on behalf of L'Oreal. Mm -hmm. That's one use case. The second use case is something that we're starting to introduce a couple of years ago where we use the same technology that we have, computer vision again, and in addition to scanning editorial websites, we started scanning social media. So all of a sudden, we can help brands make sense of what's being said and posted by them on social media. If you think about social media, the vast majority of images on social media do not have any hashtags or text that traditional social listening tools can identify. Mm -hmm. As a result, let's say you are a brand manager at Pepsi, you don't really know how many images have been posted and are relevant to your brand. With GumGum, we can help you find those images and videos that relate to your brand and derive some interesting information about them. So the, essentially, the computer vision is doing work behind the scenes that humans could do, but not on anywhere near the same scale. Absolutely. Computer vision can process those images and videos at scale, cheaper, faster, and with more accuracy. So Ben, tell me about some of the results you've seen with some of the brands you've been working on. Absolutely. So I'm going to talk about um, the results that we've seen in our advertising business. One of the issues that I think all of us are aware of in the online advertising world is it's very rare for a user to click or engage with a traditional advertising banner. You know, you see them on the right rail of publisher's website and you see them, but you don't really see them. What we do is a little bit different because we analyze a given page for a given publisher. Let's say uh, we analyze time.com's website. And we know exactly what's on the page because we use computer vision to understand the images, what they are about, whether this is an athlete or a picture of uh, someone cooking, and we all understand the semantics, the words being used on the page. We process all this information, and as a result, we can deliver a very contextually relevant ad on this particular page on behalf of one of our clients. And because we're doing this, um, from a user perspective, the ad that you're going to be seeing on behalf of the brands that we're running a campaign for will be a lot more relevant to you than maybe what we call standard advertising. And as a result, the engagement rates, uh, the conversion rates, and other metrics are far superior from traditional display. In fact, our metrics tend to be five times to ten times higher than traditional display. And also a lot more enjoyable for consumer to see. <laughs> It's, I mean, the numbers are, are staggering, and it seems like 
up to now, we've only been focusing on one aspect of the world. And now this whole new arena has been opened up that it's really going to be transformative about the way brands spend their money. Yeah. And it's just, it's not only advertising. Um, you know, one thing I want to touch on, because I think it's also fascinating how computer vision has transformed how brands think about the investments in sports. So one of our businesses is called Gum Gum Sports. And what we do is we use the same computer vision technology that we have. And we use this technology across not only online and social media, but also broadcast TV. And what we can do is help brands and right holders, in other words, teams, assess the value of these sponsorships. So for example, think about a particular brand investing millions of dollars for NBA season. Very often, they're having a really difficult time measuring the success of those investments. This is where GumGum comes in. We can take our technology, use a computer vision platform to detect and recognize any logo or brand exposure across a particular game, whether this is on broadcast TV or social media highlights from own or non-own operating accounts on social media and determine the value, what is the media equivalency of this particular sponsorship. So all of a sudden we can work with the Mets in New York City and the Mets can go back to the sponsors thing. Okay, sponsor A, we think your investment based on third-party data from GumGum is worth X millions of dollars. And this is a game changer for the sports industry in general and one thing that uh, in a very proud to contribute to. So the system is constantly watching events, social media, and it's constantly churning and analyzing. And then it sounds like you pull reports every so often and then send that data back to clients. That is right. We work with, I would say, dozens of sports teams right now uh, across the NHL, uh, NFL, NBA, and we process those analysis and reports for them. Uh, the great thing for them is for the first time ever, those teams have a comprehensive view of their investment of the sponsors, right? And and very often the the results are quite compelling because historically the teams have relied on you know vague and not necessarily timely analysis of broadcast TV impressions. Now we can bring a social media element to it, and I don't know how much of a sports fan you are, but a lot of sports games are now being consumed on social media. We process 500 million images or videos on a given month. Incredible. So that gives you an idea of the volume of data that we can process, and clearly this is where a human being will not be able to process that volume of data. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's staggering. And the fact that it's just going on all the time is, is, is amazing. So Ben, maybe you can give me another uh, concrete example of how you're using the technology. Yeah, I have to in mind, and the first one is how computer vision has been adopted by uh, large technology players uh, overall. So I was, we're talking about sports a little earlier during our discussion, and I'm completely blown away by what I've seen recently by IBM Watson. What I've seen is, um, as we know, computer vision is transforming media across TV and social media and online advertising. But I think we've seen this instance during the US Open where the United States Tennis Association teamed up with IBM Watson to generate match highlights. And the way they've done this is very spectacular. They basically 
have observed how crowds move during memorable moments of the game, classify those movements, and then determine that those were memorable moments of a particular game. I found this completely, in, you know, really fascinating in terms of how computer vision were used to track human behavior and coming up with those highlights. But closer to uh, GumGum, the example I wanted to go through today is something that I thought was also very clever. It comes from the UK where we have a presence and um, we work with uh, a large telecom company in the UK called uh, Vodafone. Vodafone came to us and asked us, um, they, were, they wanted to promote the services when the iPhone X was launched a few months ago. The challenge that they had is they were not allowed to mention the iPhone X in any of the ad creative, mostly because that's the way Apple operates. They're very particular about the brand. And what Vodafone has done in a very clever way working with us is to find images of iPhone X across editorial websites and place a relevantly contextually ad for Vodafone next to that particular content. Mm -hmm. So it's very clever because Vodafone didn't have to mention the iPhone X at all, but in the mind of a consumer, the association between the new iPhone X and Vodafone as a telecom provider was very compelling and very much integrated uh, into the overall messaging. This campaign was obviously a big success and uh, shattered all uh, you know, performance industry benchmark that we've seen uh, from the UK. Hmm. Fascinating. I mean, one of the things that, that intrigues me most about this is how it will change our jobs. So if computer vision and deep learning can automate highlight generation reels, does it become then our job to edit them in terms of which ones were the most impactful for the game instead of having to scrub through and pick out and, and, and mark specific incidents like when a tennis ball went in or out or um, a controversial moment, some of those things are now automated. Even media buys and placement, like you mentioned with Vodafone, is happening automatically instead of having to kind of plan ahead where we're going to purchase things and where we're going to place them. They happen at a scale and speed that we've never done before. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And the good news is, you know, if you are a marketer or designer and your job requires emotional intelligence or imagination, you're going to be okay. <laughs> you know, the machines are not going to take over your job anytime soon, right? But if you're in a job where a lot of things that you're doing on a daily basis can be automated, such as cropping images or tagging images, then it's a different issue because the machines can do this faster, cheaper, and with more accuracy that you can. What we're seeing today is a lot of new um, design experiments around AI, um, and there's a few of them. I think one of the most popular ones is Grid. There's also a program called um, um, Draw. And then there's a third one, um, the name escapes me. But all those programs, what they have in common is they can do a very specific task much faster than a human being. But what we've seen in terms of design and also art is they're having a difficult time 
sort of replicate the human spark that is required for an idea to be creative. In other words, if you think about the world of art or even music, and I'll give you some examples in a second, you still need a very strong human element to bring the sort of automated task into something that is compelling and useful to a consumer. Think about music in particular. Um, there was a couple of years ago, there was uh, a bit of controversy, and, and it's okay to talk about controversy because we're talking about AI generally speaking, mm-hmm. but there was an experiment to search for the perfect song, and the argument made by this company in Spain is a computer could produce the perfect song because the computer uh, powered by Sony look at 15,000 um, you know, a library of songs and determine that some beats uh, you know, are more engaging than maybe others. So this computer program was able to produce songs that were actually very successful. But you had this enormous backfire from the artist community, which is, I'm sorry, but creativity is not rationale. And today we're having the same exact debate with design. This happened again at our Basel last year where, you know, Rogers University created a piece of art and fooled the entire art community at Art Basel. Now, those are very superficial because, yes, the audience got fooled for a second, but if you look at how the art is being produced and whether it's going to have a really strong impact on the art community, we're not there yet. You mm-hmm. still need a very strong human element to make this happen. In the case of music earlier, Sony was able to do the thing that they did with the perfect song because a human being ultimately was processing the data collected from the computer and turned into something special. And in terms of finding the perfect imagery or design, you still need a designer to take a look at the data, make sense of the data, and turn it into something compelling, right? Mm-hmm. So I think as a designer, there's no reason to be worried about AI or computer vision in general. It's going to help you crop your images and maybe tag your images. My perfect example is how Google Photos and also Apple is looking to my library of photos on my phone and now telling me those images could be classified under vacation or those are pictures of my son. I don't want to do that work. Does anyone want to do that work? I don't mm-hmm. think it's worth our time. I'd rather spend some time looking at them, right? But you need a human being to interpret those images and really detect the one that you like the most. So I think in, in summary, it looks like you're coming to a world where this it's not really... You know, humans versus machine. It's more machines working with humans and vice versa. In fact, you know, as, as a closing statement on that question, Gartner uh, claimed just a couple of weeks ago that by 2022, mm-hmm. one colleague out of five, one of your colleagues out of five will be AI. What does it tell you about the future of work? If you think about the future of work, it is very obvious to me that the future of work is creativity and imagination. And this will be done by human beings, supported by machines. Totally agree. It's it's fascinating. I think there's there's a lot of people who are worried about these kind of things, but there's always that human element, that intuition that will generate ideas in new ways that do bias the way the tools we make generate answers for us, right? And there's cultural ones, there's inherent ones in the in the technology, but it will always be the blend. I think, at least we hope. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's it's a blend, and not only it's a blend. There will be instances where AI is going to create new jobs. So I think every time AI takes a job away from us, I think it's all creating a number of jobs 
you know, in exchange. And you can you can also look at this to, to go back to something that I think a lot of people can relate to is in the 80s when bank terrors were replaced by ATM machines, there was a lot of fear, right? My job is going away. Have bank tellers disappeared? No, really, they haven't. But this job has changed. Now, if you go to a bank and go to a bank teller, in, in addition to do some very simple, simple activities, the bank teller can help you understand maybe how mortgage works or how to manage your line of credit. So you can see there's an increase in skills required as mm-hmm. AI is introduced to um, you know, the world that we live in. Well, Ben, you've definitely carved out a really interesting space. We're excited to see what you can do uh, in the future with Gum Gum, and we're so glad that you joined us today. Thank you so much, Scott. Such a great discussion. Uh, so many ideas that we discuss, and uh, yeah, so so happy to be here with you today. <laughs> <laughs>